Welcome over landing in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to episode 160. See, guys, we can do the intro properly. I mean, is it full-on LS-powered two buggies or is it full-blown LS-powered two buggies? Ooh, I don't know. They sound so similar. (laughs) I think that Steve says it so fast that you can't tell which one he's actually yeah, saying. It, he's saying full blown. Blown. <laughs> so it's on and blown. <laughs> or blonde, maybe. He says full blonde, LS2 stickies. It's supposed to be blown, but I think that he says it. I think he's just so used to saying it fast that it comes out sounding like on. Full blown either LS powered two buggies on stickies. Full on is easier to say than full blown LS power. It's like going from blow to L. Is harder than on to L. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with so you. So let's just can we can we spend thirty more minutes talking about the intro and what the, what the words are because I don't hey know man. how much else I have to talk about this week. Yeah, we we got to use something to fill this podcast, don't we? Well, I guess we can follow up from last week's, which is actually coming out in podcast time in two days from now. But this particular podcast will come out in a week and a half from now. So who Look knows what could happen between now and then? Look at us being ahead of the sketch. We just know that there's a week coming up where we won't be able to be ahead of the sketch, so we have to stay ahead of the sketch. Otherwise, there will be a no podcast week sketch. Yeah. We're, we're doing a great job, is basically we're what I'm trying. trying to say. Not to pat us on the back, but we're doing a great job. But we're here, so... Well, okay, that sounds bad. <laughs> I don't mean to jab. Um... But we're doing our best, <laughs> is really what I mean to say. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say we're doing our best. I mean, especially considering I don't do any off-roading at all. I'd say just being on an off-road <laughs> podcast is my best. I mean, you went off-roading. I did go off-roading. Even though you didn't do the off-roading yourself? I did do some of the off-roading myself. Oh, did you? Didn't I tell you about that last time? I don't think so. No, I must have. That I rode with Vance and that... We were staying in a cabin, uh-huh. and in order to be able to wheel past five, like for the extended riding hours, oh, you, you had to be staying that. in a cabin. Yeah, you did tell us, us yeah, that, so. all of the listeners, in fact. So I drove and, and ended up just wheeling Vance's rig. I wasn't going to. Like, we got in there, he's like, ah, I'll just ride. I was like, okay. Nice. Sometimes it's fun to ride in your own rig. I completely agree. Yeah, as long as you trust the person driving. So I have apparently never... Vance trusted you. And oh, yeah, I mean, I guess he did. I mean, <laughs> he's I like, was, this guy's on a podcast. Yeah, I'm on a podcast, which obviously means I'm very good at four wheeling. And <laughs> I definitely hadn't drank like three or four, maybe even five beers. So, I mean, it was fine. Speaking of beers. Nice. That was crispy. I pre-opened uh, my beer. I'm drinking a Mother Earth Brewing Com- Co. Company. Cali, Cali Creamin Vanilla Cream Ale. I think it's a play on Cali Dreamin. I am going to assume that Mother Earth Brewing is in California. Uh, Man, I sure hope so. It has a picture of a Volkswagen van, of course, wow. without the VW, and a surfboard. That is some hippie-ass beer right there. It is out of Vista, California. Also, Nampa, Idaho. What do you mean, breweries. also? They have two breweries. It's kind of like Lagunitas has a brewery in Chicago and California. Hmm. Okay. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Like, InBev has 7,000 breweries around the world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I'm having a triptych brewing, thankfully. I think it's actually my last triptych beer in the fridge, so it's kind of a sad oh, no. day, but it's indistingu- indistinguishable from magic, and it's a double IPA with four kinds of citra hops. Oh, my God. That's yeah, so many citra hops. It's citrusy to say the least that's a lot of hops it's is it hoppy? very delicious what is it hoppy super hoppy no i mean well they're all hoppy but i mean it's not like overly hot it's not like so hoppy that it's painful i think it helps that okay. it's pretty alcoholic <laughs> is it hazy or yeah. just too pretty oh, yeah. clear oh, yeah, okay, you nice. can't see through this beer oh shit yeah i'd probably like that then looks I'm, like i'm, I'm, I'm growing on the juice. hazy ipas are growing on me yeah so oh, I have st- to because I don't have any other choice out here in California. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, I always forget East Coast, West Coast. I should remember this. Isn't it? Uh, 
on the west coast you guys have the hazies and on the east coast they're like super hop or is it opposite oh i don't know i mean i think ipas are just super common in california i wouldn't say well maybe west coast is ipas but like you get to colorado and they do everything i know but they always say east coast or west coast ipas and that is determining whether it's going to be a clear like fresh cut grass ipa or a hazy ipa and i don't know Mm. which is which because well, based on my that... experience, hazies are more common in California, but I don't know if that's the norm. I'm going to find out right now. East Coast IPA. What does that mean? East Coast Everybody is quite is... a bit less better than West Coast. Yeah. Oh. Wait, no, that's backwards. Yeah, it's different. That makes sense, though, because I, I, I always attributed uh, like California IPAs to being super hoppy, and I never liked them. But I think hazies have just become so popular that like it's all right. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody likes hazies. I mean, it's probably kind of antiquated to call an IPA East Coast versus West Coast because now breweries are so diverse. But there was a point in time where, like, you would just say this or this, depending on what you wanted, like, at a bar. Right. I want want an East Coast IPA, and they're like, here you go, and it's, like, not as bitter. And then you're like, I want a West Coast IPA, and it knocks you over because it's so hoppy. But now it's, like, it's just gone. IPAs have come a long way. There's just a, a big depth to them. Oh, yes, there is. I'm sad that I'm on my last one. I know. I'm sad for you because I still have a triptych or two left. I'm like savoring them. Dude, if I was as far away as you were, I would too. But I can get them in like an hour and a half if I really need to. Shit. Yeah. Oh, man. What would you do off-road related, if anything? Let's (laughs) see. I built a monster truck. Ooh, that's cool. Like in your backyard or in your shop? Uh, yeah, a 1987 Chevy. It's on, I don't know, like, what what size tires do monster trucks have? Uh, like 63 66s or something like that? Yeah, 66, I built it. Yeah. I built a monster truck. It's pretty sweet. It's got a roll bar, eight shocks, chrome wheels. Oh, man. Pretty sweet. So you built this in the 90s. Uh, you went I back in time. In, I built it in the truck. room that we're in. I'll show you, actually. Well, I could, I'll kind of show you. I know the listeners won't be able to see it, but I can show you. Hold on just a sec. I think you can post a picture on the Trail Riders page. I'm just going to talk while you go and get that. Um, I assume that the listeners have picked up on the fact that it is a remote-controlled monster truck. Oh, that's so cool! It's got, like, solid chrome wheels. I don't know what they're called. Mike's going to come here and school me. It's a square-body Chevy Roulette. Short cab. Or short cab. <laughs> Regular cab short bed, it looks like. Maybe long bed? Oh, it's a long bed for sure. I don't see a roll bar. It's not on there yet. I haven't painted the body. (laughs) Well, obviously. So anyway. Not obvious to the listeners. It's all white. Yes, it is going to be blue. But anyway, it's a a Tamiya Clodbuster. And it is Tamiya's first monster truck they came out with in 1987. They have re-released this truck several times, but it's been production the whole time. So you've been able to buy this kit essentially the exact same way that it was originally put out for what 25 no that's more than that 35 years yep i know because i came out a year before i was born and i'm 34 kind of insane it is a little insane but it's uh, actually kind of insane that that rc car that you just held up was released a year before i was born yeah and it hasn't really changed it has actually hasn't changed at all. So what they do is when they re-release them is they change some of the molding colors, but all the molds uh-huh. are the same. Like this body was probably made last year and it still has like molded into it in 1987. So nice. People always complain about the steering on these trucks. Well, guess what? It's the same. I actually bent one of the parts. It's kind of funny. This rod isn't straight. Oh god. So I was trying to put the steering on and I had to take it on and off like 15 times to get it right because unlike turnbuckles that you can just turn and one side's positive threads and one side's negative. Wait, that's not right. Left hand and right hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> positive threads and negative threads. I've been drinking. Add them together, you get zero. Oh, my God. Unlike those, these are <laughs> they're positive threads on both ends. <laughs> and the right hand threads on both. Positive. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, I ended up screwing it up. And I found on eBay somebody had um, like an original set of tie rods from the 80s and i bought those and they fit because they're the same they've always been the same 
That's dope. I feel like that's going to be the title of this episode is positive or negative threads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just I, wrote, I wrote it down because I, I, I don't know what we should call last week's episode, which is 159, but we said 158 or 159. Yeah. We might just, I might just call that one, what year is it? Right. Positive or negative threads. When I originally, when I said that a minute ago, I legit meant it and then I had to correct myself. I was like, oh yeah, positive or negative. That made we sense heard in you. my head. We heard you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You're, with you are a Toyota Master Tech. And that's what, yeah, that's what the Japanese call it is positive and negative threads. Oh, is that, that's what it yeah, is? That, so that's it. Call you out that's on why. That. Yeah. No Toyota people <laughs> listen to this podcast. They only listen to exactly. <laughs> they have their own podcast. Oh shit! <laughs> so anyway, I, that's, that's the most cool. off-road thing I did. Is I built a monster truck, and it's definitely an off-road vehicle. So I would say, are you gonna yes. drive it? Off-road? I actually, Oops. I've driven it around the living room. Nice. That's not off-road. That's well, I guess technically. Um, I'm sorry, my living room is not on a road, Derek. So I, I've been to your house. It's for sure on a road. My living room. Is <laughs> you live on the streets. Shit. Son. <laughs> if I lived on the street and I drove it in my yard, then it would still be off-road. That's true. But if your living room, if you lived on the street, your living room would be on the street. That's true. So. Wait, what if I drove it inside a cardboard box that was parked on the street? Technically, Par- the cardboard parked. box surface is not the street, so that's off-road, right? <laughs> the cardboard box was parked on the street? Parked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is like the question, like, why do you park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? <laughs> uh, well, this is going to be a shit show episode, isn't it? I mean, it might be. That's Next week should be decide, better. Derek. Next week should be better. Uh, it's we possible. Some, we should hope. Well, we haven't officially lined up the guests, but we have some guests hopefully lined up. I guarantee we could get somebody on here. We'll get a guest for next week. We owe yeah. it to the to the listeners. It'll be good. It'll be good. So let's see. Other than, let's see. Ooh, I got a, <laughs> I got my 3D printed. Get this. This is a thing that really happened. I had a 3D printed motor built. I'm it's, sorry. 3D printed mo like engine? Engine. I had a 3D printed okay. engine built. It's a, it's a mm. blown big block for another monster truck that I built. It's nice. very pretty. It's very realistic. It's kind of shocking how good it is, right? But I left that in the cab of the Chevy on a summer day for oh, like no. a week. And when I went and got the RC truck out of the cab, the 3D printed engine had melted in a few spots and was all droopy. And yep, it was all screwed up. So this is the thing. I had my 3D printed engine rebuilt. In what sense? Like you had another one made? I sent it. It's so complex, and the bolts are so tiny. Like it has little tiny bolts, Derek. Like, oh like, shit! You that's think awesome. that a one point five millimeter is small? No, these are tiny. Like I don't know, half millimeter screws. I don't know what they are. Jesus! I gotta show it to you. It's insane. So they're anyway, like sunglass screws. <sighs> Smaller. Yes, ish, like that, basically. Wow. So <laughs> this guy in I think he was in Alaska builds these. It's a I think it's J E Designs. And he builds them for all kinds of stuff. And anyway, I shipped it to him. And I was like, can you rebuild this engine? And he's like, yeah, I'll take the parts that are good and put them back in the parts that are melted already. Wow. <laughs> Thank so you. Literally, you're like, I took this motor that was bad, like blown up, we'll call it. Yeah. Shipped it to a engine builder and he's rebuilding it for you or did. He did. I got it back. And actually, wow. he asked me what style intake I wanted because before I had a just like you're right. It's like a blower air cleaner, but it was like an air cleaner, like a paper filter looking thing. And uh-huh. he's like, I can put butterflies on it. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So he not only did, they actually open and close. Oh my God, that's so cool. It's insane. I'm going to have to post a photo for you guys to see. This yeah. thing's literally post insane. Post it on your Instagram. You, you post RC shit there anyway. I should. I was kind of waiting to get the truck done, but I still have a bunch of parts I need to get before that stuff. I mean, you can do like teasers, right? I could. I should. And like, then the listeners will go to your Instagram and they'll see all of your cool RC stuff. I might post it on the Trail and Riders too, just real... yeah, to yeah, be a nice but, guy. But post it also on your Instagram. Gosh, I need to make a note or something. I don't have anything to write on. Tell me, remind me later. Or I'll write it on my phone. Uh, all right, fine. I almost forget everything. Let's see. Post Clodbuster. 
Post 3D engine. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so as far as off-road stuff, yeah, I worked on two monster trucks. How much off-road stuff this? did you what do, Derek? Wait, what was the second one? That that engine is out of a monster truck. Oh, 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 a different monster truck. A much more scale, legit monster truck. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, before we change subjects to my off-road stuff, there is a video that I keep stumbling across on the internet of a RC monster truck doing a backflip against a scale shipping container. It's which. It's, go ahead. It's probably Big America. I think that's right. I think that's right. But he has dubbed over it with like real monster truck yep. sounds, mm-hmm. and it's it's like slowed to like not half speed, but not full speed, and everything looks like perfect. It is like unbelievably uh, scale. Like every time I see it, I'm like, "Well, I've seen this before, so I know it's RC." But it took me so long, and the only reason I even noticed the first time I saw it was because the like, the 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 person who reposted it had like RC car club of whatever, and I was like, "Oh, it's an RC! Holy shit!" And then you look like really, really, really carefully, and you're like, "Okay, I guess it could be RC, but it's yeah. unbelievable." I'll try and post that to the Trail Raiders page. So the guy's Instagram is bigmerica underscore RC. And if it's the guy that I think that you're talking about, that that's him. He has a super scale monster truck that he does all kinds of like backflips and jumps and just all kinds of crazy shit with. And it does look very realistic. Yeah. He has it's around 300,000 cool. followers. So yeah, he's doing something right. And you, pro- you may have seen it if you scroll. You, as in the listener, may have seen it if you scroll. Oh, yeah. Uh, to through reels or tiktok or whatever and your interests are somewhat aligned with ours Ooh, he's in southern california derek it's so far from here (laughs) you should just go visit him anyway i mean maybe if he's going to koh maybe i will try and maybe knows (gasps) wait is there a rc king of hammers at Mm. king of hammers Oh, wow, that's interesting. Okay, there are definitely King of Hammers style rigs that you can buy. Right. Like Axial makes something. I can't remember what it's called, but... Right. Yeah, like stuff that's definitely like designed after a King of Hammers rig. So, yeah, uh, yeah why wouldn't there be? Well, and there's... I mean, there's obviously... There's RC events. Um, you know... Uh, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. The one in Champagne or... Oh, way. RC Fest. RC Fest. There was a Ultra 4, like, style course yeah so like there are scale ultra four races but i mean like a, a, a replica king of hammers track at king of hammers there's like a hundred thousand people going oh yeah why you not have, have like RC a little version. section that'd be so cool wouldn't it it would be amazing who, who wouldn't love that and who wouldn't love to build a rig for that too that'd be super totally. fun i would love it yeah that would be fun i should do we just come up with a cool idea that we can somehow sponsor <laughs> yeah somehow we can sponsor right. that let's i'll it. make it happen king of hammers is coming up uh let's see when this podcast comes out in a week <laughs> oh yeah we can probably Wait. get it set up by then hold on uh yeah it not even a week king of hammers starts when this podcast comes out king of hammers like race week starts in like four days five days whoa wow crazy something tells me yeah. we're gonna miss this year what I mean, I said something tells me we're going to miss this year, but I mean specifically the RC King of Hammers track. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I hope not because I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Just think you'll um, have did podcast we talk about material. That? What? Did we talk about that last week? I already forgot. I don't know that we did. I, don't, I think I mentioned it, but I didn't like harp on it much. So well, I guess now we got to talk about something. That. So... And I and I'm getting my truck ready for it, so I have all kinds of things to talk about. So I'll start with I will be at King of Hammers from February 10th through the uh, 13th, leaving the 13th morning. So that's Friday night. Well, I'm driving down Friday day because it's like eight hours. Um, maybe doing a trail Friday night with some people. Um, the, the big race is on the 11th, which is Saturday, so I'll be just walking around probably mostly that day and, like, watching the race and 
trying to meet up with people and so on and so forth. So if you find me or want to hang out with me, somehow get a hold of me. I don't actually know how that works there because there might not be service. Terrible. Um, Ah. But I'll have my radio with me. So, and I don't know what channel I'll be on channels probably, but, uh, and then Sunday I plan to do some trails. Um, I was looking at them. I'm like, maybe claw hammer, I think. No, jackhammer. No, jackhammers. I already forgot, but it's like a hard one. But it says it was full size friendly, so it was like. Are, are the trails at King of Hammers just like there all year and anyone can do them, or are they there only when it happens, or like how's that? They're happen? there all year and anyone can do them, I believe. So it's just public land, and it just so yeah. happens that those trails are at where the King of Hammers is held. Correct, and the King of Hammers race is different every year, and it often goes up some of those trails up and down oh, okay i get you they all kind of go up a mountain and then back down the other side or they go up to the ridge and then come back down the same side or whatever um so but there's like jackhammer claw hammer sledgehammer uh i'm not an expert and the people who are familiar with johnson valley are probably like you're forgetting the most important ones and you're talking about them wrong and anyway you and might be like it's fine claw. Yeah, I'm I'm so, and I apologize. I'll be an expert in a couple weeks. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I'm excited because I've, I mean, I, it was never like a bucket list place for me to go. And like some people, and maybe after I go, I'll be like, oh shit, that should have been on my list. Um, don't get me wrong. It looks like a really cool place. Um, but like considering like Rubicon and Moab and even San Hollow, like, Johnson Valley, from what I've seen about the race, is not like the most like scenic place. It's a desert, right? It's just a bunch of rocks, a bunch of sand. Um, not that it's not cool, and it's totally different than like the Midwest. But if you had to choose from Chicago to drive across the country, thirty some hours, you, you pick Rubicon and maybe Fordyce. So for me this was kind of a spur of the moment thing. My wife's going to be out of town. I was like, well, shit, I should probably take advantage of that <laughs> and go. Heck to yeah. King Hammers. I mean, I would so too, anyway. if I was closest. Yeah. So I got a buddy, Tommy coming down from Sonoma. He's going to ride along. Um, and we're going to camp in like a enclosed trailer from somebody who's bringing some toys out there. And we did talk a little bit about this. I feel as like. soon Maybe as you said enclosed trailer, I was like, we must have talked about this at least a little bit. Yeah, it might have been on the Patreon though. So, and if it's rep- repetitive, I apologize. Don't apologize. So, I won't harp on it much more. Um, I'm stoked. I will try and say hi to everybody that I can that wants to say hi. Um, obviously, if you see me in my rig, flag me down. Come say hi. But you should have was... a hi. I'm Derek shirt made. <laughs> no, I was. Hi, oh, I'm Derek. I was going to sign people's foreheads. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But without them asking. Without them. Just walk yeah, into course. a group just of guys that are way anybody bigger than who you walks and pick up the biggest truck. one. Yeah. Hop up on his shoulders and just start signing that forehead. <laughs> hop up on his shoulders. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like I should hop up on the smallest one's shoulders to sign the biggest <laughs> one's forehead. I don't know if I can get up on the tallest guy's shoulders. I'm not that. You're uh, pretty spry. Spry. I'm not that spry anymore, though. I'm getting you older. used to be very spry. I used to be very... I used to could be able to do that. Used to could. Yep. yep. That sounds right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, shit. So, my truck is... I mean, I fixed the busted U-joint from to drive out to California. Um, so, that's done. I started... I have this, like, squeak, and I'm pretty sure it's leaf springs that the isolators have rubbed away on, but I'm not 100% sure. It's really annoying. It's been like this for a long time, like six or more months. So I'm not worried mm. that it's going to like be something that breaks. Um, but I, for the longest time, have wanted to put knuckle lights on my truck for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I have rock lights. We did. We, I put those on for my bachelor party when we went to Wind Rock. And they're great for oh, a night yeah, wheeling. Yeah. You can like see where your tires are. These particular ones are just like, you know, LED pods from Amazon that are cheapos um, that shine two on each tire, one in the front, one in the rear. And they do a great job. Um, one thing I don't like about night wheeling is that headlights shine right into the mirror of the truck in front of you, especially when there's like elevation changes. 
And so I wanted to put like a light bar mounted really, really, really low that would shine out so I can just turn my headlights off. Um, but still, like my rock lights don't shine forward at all. They just shine right on the wheel. So if you don't have your headlights on, you can't see where you're going. Can't see. Um, so I was like, I'll put a light bar like mounted really low. Doesn't shine up much, but just shines like maybe 30, 40 feet out in front of the truck and that's it. Really um, low so as in still protected or really low as in definitely getting hit by a rock? Well, I, so, uh, yeah, neither. Are you going <laughs> to well, be like some 16 year old kid and have like a full light bar, like stuck to the bottom of the bumper with a double sided <laughs> tape? 50 inch light bar bolted to the tie rod. Not even bolted. Ooh, tie rod. There we go. Zip tied. Zip ties. Now we're talking. Yeah. No, I did it proper Derek style. Um, so where... everything's super well done. The wires are like following a routing where they won't get pinched. Like I can only imagine. I'll describe it to you. <laughs> don't don't do. worry. Don't worry, Mike. <laughs> so Chris Jaggers, who I actually rode to Pismo with a, f- a few weeks ago, um, C72C on Instagram. He's got a stubby square body suburban that he chopped the back um it's a sweet rig i remember him posting a picture of him with this setup on it and i was like i'm shamelessly going to steal that from you someday but this was like three years ago so finally I'm, i've gotten around to it um and the reason why i got around to it is both front led pods there's like six leds on them one of them was shining on each and one was flickering and i was like this will not do <laughs> um mm-hmm. so i replaced them siliconed up some new ones to seal them so they last a little longer um and so they're fixed and while i was under there i was like you know what i should do this so uh let me step back actually i think last episode we talked about tire balancing and how i had called and i don't think i had an answer when we recorded the last episode it's done now i think i called 12 some odd places to there's one in sacramento stellar built um you can follow them or find them on instagram sacramento's is a little over two hours from me so that was like not the most convenient but they definitely were like yeah we can totally hook did they up. take them we off the truck for way. you no i for so for two reasons <laughs> because they're off-road beadlocks i didn't want to drive on the roads to wherever i was going um so i took them off the truck in the driveway put the truck on jack stands rented a trailer Tossed them in a little U-Haul trailer behind the Mazda, dropped them off, and then picked them up later um, from the place. Um, Silicon Valley Performance is the one that ultimately did it for me. Um, they did a great job. They did dynamic balancing, which is probably a little bit more weight than was necessary. Static probably would have been sufficient. Oh, yeah. But I really didn't want to do balance media. I've had bad luck with it in the past. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I was pretty steadfast on that. They are super duper smooth. I've actually don't think I've ever had them this smooth. Um, I mean, that's so dynamic for you. It's a good balance, but it's just exactly. so much weight. Usually, yeah. Three of the Plus four tires really weren't bad. One of them um, took like over a pound total. Mm, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. But I mean, it makes sense because like whatever is off on this particular wheel, wobble wise, like there's a lot of weight on the inside and then on the opposite side of the wheel but towards the outside there's also a lot of weight so it's like yeah they wanted to dynamically balance it but to do that they had to like counter counterweight itself whereas if it had been static it had been like an ounce or something yeah it would have been (laughs) like two or three ounces yeah exactly Uh, um so but anyway um it's nice it's super smooth um before i go wheel i am going to take some pictures of or maybe even mark on the wheel with like I don't know, like a punch or something like that to like indicate where the weights are in case some fall off. Um, But I digress. So that's nice. While I had the wheels off and I was fixing this LED pod, I was like, huh, I have tons of access to the knuckles right now. And for those that don't know, I've reinforced my knuckles um, a while back. Thank you to Growy for hooking me up with some reinforcement plates. He was doing them on his identical axle and he was like i'll cut you a second set um while he was doing it so i really appreciated that um and i went through the whole like preheat the knuckle weld it on peen the shit out of it post heat it and cool it down slowly um and they've been great and i've 
beat on them pretty hard. They've held up. Um, the forward knuckles are pretty notorious for cracking right around the high steer uh, bolt holes. Um, so while I was under there, I was like, you know what? It wouldn't be that hard to like make a little bracket that just welds to the knuckles and I can mount a light to it. And so my goal, and I already owned some LED pods for this, um, was to mount two little LED pods that were like flood pattern, um, the lowest like glare I could find type pods that mount the light really low, kind of protected by the bumper. If somebody's walking around, like you, you walk past the front of the truck, you can't really see the like LEDs, which is nice, but they do shine out like 30 or 40 feet. Um, and when I turn the wheel, the lights turn as well, which is kind of neat. So where so. are they in relation to like the wheel and tire? Like if you like look under the truck, are you like looking right at them on the inside? Yeah, if you bend down like right in front of the truck, you're staring down the the barrel of these things. So That's not in all situations will it be like glare free, but at least I can control it a little bit better. Are they partially hidden by the tire, or did you really like put them pretty far in? Like if you look they're, straight at the truck, no, are you looking right at the light, or are you looking at like a third of the light, or two thirds of the light, or something? Um, they're like three or four inches from the inside surface, inside sidewall of the tire. Oh, okay. And they're like right at the axle center line, maybe a little bit above. Nice. So they're above the tie rod okay. mounted to the knuckle. I'd love to they're see like, it, honestly. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I should stoked post a picture. Yeah. I'll post the picture on the Trail Riders page. Um, well, I'll send you one exactly. Directly, I mean. No, that sounds pretty wonderful, really. I put um, terrible rock lights on my truck, so I uh, I'm jealous. It's not that hard to... Well, it's it's a lot of work to do it the, the first The wiring, time. I'm sure, is a lot of work. What Mounting I did was I took... Mounting an light wouldn't be that bad. Right. What I did... And I, I did... I spent a little bit more effort up front so that down the road when these sh- relatively shitty pods did leak and wear out, I could easily replace them. So I did it to where I made like one big harness that runs the full length of the truck and I used like, like SJO... W or SJOOW wire that had like two wires in it. Oh, and it's yeah. rated for like oil and abrasion. So it didn't need like a, a wire loom or anything like that to protect it. And I just spliced into it a connector every like so many feet that I had measured measured out. And so like a knockoff weather pack connector. Um, and then, yeah, I like ran that all the way around. My like reverse lights are dioded into that. So like my... I have auxiliary lights that shine back when the reverse lights come on. And now also when the um, rock lights come on, they shine back a little bit. Um, and now these front shooting lights. So I've got eight, eight 18-watt pods, two at each wheel, two... I don't even know how many watts the reverse lights are. Lots. Uh, back shooting lights. And then I think they're 40 or 60-watt lights shooting forward. Um but yeah, run through like I don't know what gauge, but what doesn't matter. Um, and so then every time when I terminate the the rock lights, they have a little pigtail on them. I literally just crimp on the two little weather pack connectors, clip them into a connector, and then bolt that shit into the truck. So and simple. It, so simple. I don't have to like solder anything. I don't have to cut, splice, do anything. I just literally whoop, connect it on the truck, and I can do all of the splicing in the garage or at my desk or whatever. Which is nice, because um, this That's is not awesome. the first. I think in like the th- 2019 was my bachelor party, so in like three and a half, almost four years, I think I've replaced now three rock lights. I think I had went re- I had to replace one of the eight because it got hit by a rock and like got messed up. Um, and then the other, the front two definitely got a lot of water spray, so they finally bit the dust. But so who yeah. cares? They're cheap. Exactly. Um, and I just run a bead of silicone around the little front cover and where the wire goes in, and that should last a little longer. So um, what you should do think. instead is replace, like, what is all that, all 8, 9, 10, all 12 of them with rigids. Oh, my God. Can we get a rigid sponsorship first? <laughs> you know, $3,200 later. No, it's probably more yeah, than that. Yeah, exactly. It's probably more <laughs> than that, yeah. <laughs> even the little guys. I don't, I don't even think rigid make... Because, like... Rigid probably makes like 40 watt 
AirPods, but because they're meant to like shine forward. But these are just like these are like designed to be like reverse lights. They're not really designed to be like. It's not for distance. Lights. It's just for spread. It's just you want to yeah. see what's right in front of you. They'd be or right they'd be behind way you. Too right case. to have like super high power. <laughs> like you like look at the tire. Like oh god, I can't see. <laughs> Literally melts the skin off of everyone's face that encounters them. <laughs> yeah. It's like a horror movie. You like Sorry, see a truck guys. off in the distance, and like you catch a glimpse because like it's going over a rock, and you look right at the diode, and you're like, oh, I'm blind. Turns you to stone. It turns you to stone. Yeah, it's not good. It's like being in front of Groey on the trail at all times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna love that we called him out on this too. <laughs> I hope he does. He, Mr. He only turns his light bar on when I'm in front of him. He loves giving you a hard time by turning his light, super bright light bar on at night when you're in front of him. Yeah, he really does. Actually, just favorite. during the day, too. Just any time at all. Just, yeah. just to irritate if me. If you're in front of him, light bar on. Light bar every time. Always. You're just walking past his truck. The light bar just turns on. You're like, what the fuck? Where is he? <laughs> he's not in it. He's got that shit remotely controlled. Yeah, now. he's got it on a remote so he can see when I'm near his truck and turn it on. He's got we'll you air tag, so every time, time you come within distance of his truck, it just turns on break that shit (laughs) (laughs) uh so um so that's done now it actually oh and then so the the pods that i had were like surprisingly underwhelmingly bright like they barely shot out like 15 feet so like bought a few um still fairly cheap lights on amazon um because you just don't know it's like ooh, flood spot pattern and like flood pattern and whatever when you're buying lights on amazon you don't get what like it's just like they just put words that people will like. Yeah, they're just this, like 12,000 lumens. This is bright, and it does the this thing one has that you want. 182,000 lumens. You're like, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> that's not accurate. How did you come up with that? They're like, we just picked some numbers. It's all <laughs> they bullshit. sounded high. Yeah, so yeah, I like tried them. And I like didn't splice a wire. I just like put them in to the connector to like turn it on and kind of held it in place. I'm like, that looks good. So I finally settled on a pretty nice, well, relatively nice one. Um, there's true flood pattern um not super glary um not not glary like if you look right at it it's bright but like down low it helps a lot because you're not looking right at the diode itself um so yeah pretty happy with it um while i was under there sad i noticed that one of the the frame on the driver's side yeah thanks for the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like on the edge of his seat big eyes um, Dirk's like the frame sad. on the driver's side right outside of the weld for the shock tower is cracked um, is that a failure of a weld I think it is indicative of too hot of a weld mm. so like got a little too much penetration work hard in the base metal um and it's not huge. Like, it's it's like an inch and a half, two inches. I don't know. It's not super rusty, so I have a feeling that maybe it didn't start at Pismo, but I definitely put some, like, some hard miles on the shock towers at Pismo because of how rough it was and how fast I was going. I mean, you were points. jumping your truck, so, yeah, I mean, shock's going to move so fast. I off the ground right? once. Yeah, I know. Um, so I got to fix that, but I don't have 220 at my house. Oh, um, no. Just come to my that house. That doesn't mean that I can't. That doesn't. Yeah, yeah I'll just drive <laughs> over. That doesn't mean that I can't do it on one ten. But I might try and find somebody that can help me out with that. I might hit up the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey guys. See if I can just do some quick welding. In the I was gonna way. ask that. You just mentioned Wheeling Wine and Whiskey guys. Are they very close to you? They're like thirty-five minutes away. So oh wow, really? Out. That's I'd consider yeah. that very close. And actually, I now don't think I mentioned it on the last podcast. I was on one of their podcasts recently so check out their check them out if you're listening to this and you like more than just top if you like off-road then you should listen to it you should yes because that's what they do um they do they actually go go off-road though (laughs) yeah Yeah. if you don't if you like people that talk about off-road and don't really off-road a whole lot or at all then you're at the right podcast right now oh my god you (laughs) nailed it you were doing nailed it. it We are a very niche market. <laughs> <laughs> Guys that people that like to listen to people talk about off road but not actually off road much. Yeah. I'm not even sure we even talk about off road that much. I mean we try our best. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, we, we try, try our, our best. best. 
Um, so I got to fix that. I'd like to also inspect the anti-rep bar. I'm not going to like rebuild the leaves before this. It would just be too much. Oh, um, no. I don't even know if that's the cause of the squeak. So me and my co-driver will just have to be get used to it. It's not, he's ridden in the truck before, so he knows the squeak. And he was like, oh, I didn't really notice it much. Could have just been being nice. Um, Tommy, if you're listening, tell me for real. Is it bothersome? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it bothers um, you more than anybody because it's your rig, so you notice it more. No, it bothers Emily more than anybody because... Oh, really? Yeah, she's like, I won't ride in your truck until that shit's fixed. It's like, Is that bad? To be fair, I think it's more on the passenger side that you hear it. Is it like... Cage, <laughs> it's like only on certain... Like, once you're on the highway, I don't think it doesn't much, but it's on like those like jouncy jouncy bounces where mm-hmm. like the tr- compression the suspension is actually compressing so you got not some like uh-uh happening yeah some uh-uh. okay but it's it's more like a oh yeah that would drive me nuts <laughs> oh it's so annoying dude and i had just <laughs> i had just found maybe not just but i i did the roll cage there was a piece of plastic rubbing on the cage behind the dash that I was driving me nuts. Actually, this was much worse than the squeak I have now. Um, and I finally figured out where it was um, and like cut some more clearance onto it. And I was like, ah, no more squeaks or very few squeaks. And then this thing started. So it's definitely something wearing out. Um, it could be like metal on metal from the leaf springs or it could be the anti-rep bar or who knows, man. Um or it could be this crack. It's it's possible it could be this crack. I doubt it though. Um so I got to drill out the ends of the crack, weld it, and then I mean, if 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 that's all I do, I actually feel pretty confident that my truck will be okay at KOH, but I would like to do more. So we'll see. I mean, if anybody's going to inspect their truck well before they take it on a trip, it's you, Derek. If that's all you notice, it's probably all it's wrong. I mean, there's a lot of things. Like, I, I in a perfect world, I would love to rebuild my tie rod because it's still running, like, my... Not trail fix. Like, I did definitely refix it. For those that haven't listened, I think... Gosh, it was over a year ago now? Yeah, it must have been. It was a year... It was 2021 November, I believe, that we went to Windrock, and I, like, had my whole tie rod come apart and welded it on the trail and then welded it back at camp to drive home. And then when I got home, I, like welded it even more i thought that you replaced it the whole tie rod like i thought the plan was to go with something different entirely it was it is actually okay that hasn't been done yet the plan so this is before we moved and before i knew about this job happening the plan was to go full high steer um but that requires like notching the frame and doing a whole bunch of other stuff it's not just like get a new tie rod welded up bolted in it's like Get a new tie rod, get new high steer arms, get new, actually get custom high steer arms because I went down the rabbit hole of Ackerman where, and there's like all kinds of Ackerman depending on who you buy. Like if you buy a sky high steer arm, the Ackerman is like more or less than factory. If you buy, there's another high steer arm out there. I don't know who it is. It has zero Ackerman. And then there's one that's like, I think ORD is probably the closest to factory um, that that I can remember off the top of my head, but I have a spreadsheet somewhere that I did a long time ago where I like either took actual measurements from like the, the 3d drawing or the 2d drawing that they have on their website. If they had those measurements or, um, just estimated from pictures, you know, cause wow. you have the four bolt holes on that, on the high steer arm. So I'd be like, okay, these are, <laughs> this is how nerdy wow. I am. These are Engineering like brain. this many pixels. Yeah. These, this, this many pixels apart. So that's the scale. And then this, wow. Yeah, um, I definitely went full engineered on that one, and then compared it to the factory Ackerman, um, or at least calculated it, calculated Ackerman. Well, so now that was... we're talking about high steer on a seventy-nine Dana sixty, I want to know about what Growies is set up like because I might be end up running that axle. I <laughs> Growies axle is the reason why I started looking into this because I remember a specific situation where we were on. I think it's V-Notch at the Badlands. The one where it's like, there's that one where everybody turtles that has a longer wheelbase and you go around Crow's Nest or Buzzard's Roost or something like that. I have solidified that as V-Notch, whereas it used to be something else I had called V-Notch. But yes, I know exactly. You're talking about the old pink trail or red trail. Axel Breaker is what we used to call V-Notch. And then I think Joe corrected us. 
Yeah, um, Axel anyway. Breakers, the one by the hay barn. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, V notch, actual V notch. Um, I remember watching Groy go up it and like getting turning his wheel and like being unable to turn it, and the inside, the inside wheel was turned like fifty degrees, and like the tire was starting to like peel off from the edge of his tire before he had bead locks and like. Oh, you're saying like, it's too much Ackerman. I don't know. Well, I don't know to be honest. Like I don't know what my truck looks like when I do that on that thing, and I have regular steer. Yeah. But I was like, that almost looks wrong. I don't know if it is. Obviously, Groy's been fine. Like he doesn't break U joints or knuckles or anything like that. So, and it seems to drive fine on the street. So, like, mm-hmm. but that was kind of why I was like, I'm gonna look into this. Like, I don't know if it's wrong. I don't know if it's right. Don't particularly care. But what is factory, and how can I just keep my exact same Ackerman? Because whatever I have is also working for me. So I don't think that you should think that much about Ackerman. I don't. I don't think unless you have a race car, it's going to matter that much. I think you're right. Um, I haven't thought about it since I spent like a day thinking about it, <laughs> or two <laughs> days maybe. Um, but there, there are a couple high steer arms out there that like I would probably avoid. But I also don't think I would go through the process of like getting a custom one made. <laughs> Just but you would avoid them because they just had blatant disregard for Ackerman and like the way that they're made, it would just be like one tire's turning twenty degrees more than the other or something. Or there's just zero Ackerman, right? Oh yeah, you don't like, want that either. If 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 the tie rod hole is perfectly centered between or is perfectly in line with the uh kingpin, that's zero Ackerman. And that's you don't want that because You'd be scrubbing tires every time you turn. One of your tires would be scrubbing, if not You'd both. You'd be scrubbing tires, yeah, every time you turn a little bit. Um, and then also, you'd be losing out on some turning radius, right? Uh, yeah, And off-road, sure. if, if only your inside tire is touching, you, you could be losing like 10 degrees. And that knuckle is designed for some Ackerman, so like it can take it. That's true. But to be honest, you're right. Like If you think about it, it's not like Ford made different knuckles for different wheelbases. And they had like regular cab long beds as the shortest and then crew cab long beds as the longest or actually let's take it more extreme like a chevy a modern chevy or a modern anything probably comes in a crew cab short bed or sorry single cab short bed and a crew cab long bed there's like 30 inches of wheelbase difference between those two and they're just picking like the perfect ackerman for like the middle one yeah so there's some fudge factor for sure exactly but yeah, I see what you mean. You would want some Ackerman. You wouldn't want a high steer arm where they were like, they just didn't know anything about angles or anything. And they were like, well, this is in line, so it must be good. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I don't, to be honest, I don't know who who had the ones that were way off um, or who the best were. So you can do the math yourself if you really want to. Um, or if you're really curious, you can reach out to me and then you'll twist my arm to dig up this spreadsheet that I made forever ago. <laughs> so I thought that at some point in time, you were concerned about running high steer on a full size because it puts so much stress on the knuckle. Yes. But because the knuckles are plated, you feel like it's like, eh, probably fine. Yes. Okay. I just didn't um, know. I just remember you being cautious of it and then Groey did it and we were like, well, it's happening. So. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I would like to run the tie rod on the top of the factory mounting position on the knuckle. Mm-hmm. So just flip it where it is. But you can't do that with leaf springs. So no, that's true. That would give me like three in more way. inches of clearance. Yeah. Um, Did Groey notch his frame for it? Or is his truck just taller oh, yeah. than yours? No, no, he notched his frame. Wow. Um, and I, my frame is notched on one side for the drag link. So, um, but I would have to extend that notch forward for the tie rod or backwards, maybe. I don't remember which. And then obviously notch the other side. Oh, and to do all of this, I have to move my steering box forward. And oh my God. And a lot of work. And I was like, I don't know if, I mean, that's the right thing to do. And like when I someday link the truck, if I do, um, I would move the steering box forward for that. And like this, but Eh. I yeah. mean, the, the easy button was like get a better steel alloy for the tie rod and get new uh, tie rod ends. Mm-hmm. But that's tricky because they have to be offset tie rod ends or have a bent 
tie rod to clear the diff cover. Sounds like you need a smaller diff cover. Oh, but it's also your your hydro assist mount. Yeah, I forgot about that. No, 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 no. It's my locker. Oh, your locker. Never mind. Ox locker actuates from the diff cover. Damn. So I definitely cannot change the diff cover. Hmm. So yeah, um, but it's okay. I mean, honestly, what I have now is working. Um, I just, I don't love the offset tie rod ends. They're fine. Um, they're, I think they're just, they have a, they have a limit of life before they just break. They like, and nobody makes something. a better one or whatever you're using is already the best thing that's out there. It's nah. I, th- I mean, there's like 2.5 ton tie rod ends, which are definitely bigger. But I've seen them break on Jeeps, which are like two or three way lighter, lighter than mine. Yeah. Um. There is like a. Oh, if I remember right, it's been a while since I did the research. There's like a full like forged or billet or both. Um. Like super strong offset tie rod end that's kind of like rebuildable and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. if i remember right that it's probably the right choice but they're like 150 bucks a pop which that's is the crazy. right choice like, that's not that bad is. considering you'll probably never have to replace them you can just rebuild them like 300 dollars yeah. is a lot at once but then you just do right. it and you're done never again yeah and then i want to get like there's a certain alloy of steel that's more like uh like reboundy, like it has the quote people call aluminum tie rods for having like memory, mm-hmm. which is not really. I think if you look at like the material properties of it, that's not what you would call it. But basically, it's right. Like it bends, but it doesn't deform plastically as easily as certain grades of steel do. But there's like certain grades of steel that also do that. And then if like a catastrophic thing does happen, you can still weld to them. <laughs> it's too bad that you do so much street driving because Himes sure are good and strong. But then you still have to buy offset Himes. That's true. Do you think the offset is what makes them worse is because it's just not centralizing the load on the joint? Like because it's pressing against like the side of the joint rather than like the right down the center. So they're more it doesn't likely break, to break at the joint. It breaks at the threads where the threads start. So I don't think it's because it's, I don't think it's because it's offset. I think it's because there's only one, like foundry or whatever, that makes the offset tie rod ends, and then they just sell them to rough stuff and barns and whoever. Yeah, else. they're all the same part, and they're, they're just all the not part, that good. And they're just not that good. I think that they <laughs> don't have a good lead in for the threads. I don't mm-hmm. know that they properly prep the metal for the thread rolling process or whatever. I don't think they're bad. I've run them for 10 years. Like, that's all I've ever run, and I've only broken one. It's pretty um, good, especially on a heavy ones, rig. Yeah, I've worn out others. I think I'm on, like, this is, like, my third and a half set. But, like, that's just, they get replaced because lack of maintenance. Like, I go long periods of time without greasing them, and then they just start to get loose. And then I notice because the tires start to wear funny. Um... Dude, tell at me Harlem. about it. Freaking Heim joints are constantly breaking or getting loose. Yeah. So like Heim's, yeah, like you said, they're probably fine for an off-road rig, but driving on the street, they're going to wear out very quickly. So Yeah, so didn't know that's what we were going to talk about on this week's podcast, but there you go. <laughs> but we did it. We did it. We managed to muster up some off-road content after all. Look at us go. Indeed. <laughs> oh man. Um Yeah, so that's all I got for uh KOH prep, I guess. You put some fancy lights on your truck. And your tires are balanced. And that's and it. And maybe you'll fix a shock mount, or maybe not. Oh no, I d de- I have to fix the shock mount. I don't think that will get it's about to peel up. off of there, it's that bad. No, but it's like the the crack is so like it's a round tube mounted to the frame with another tube mounted to the Oh, that. I gotcha. I and didn't know so that. The crack was... is the crack is beneath the round tube that's welded to the frame. So the crack started at the weld, but then propagated in a linear fashion. Forty five degrees across the frame, so like eventually it will become a big problem. Yeah. You should probably so, take care of that real quick. I'm definitely gonna take care of that. Um so what I'm going to do is I'm going to drill a hole at the end of the crack on each end 
grind it out as much as I can. It's kind of hard to get to, so I don't know how well I'll be able to grind it out and then run a nice hot bead through it. That's that's what I plan to do. I do have extra breaker uh, slots on my breaker panel at my rental house, so I could technically wire up 220. You could. I just could. Just saying it'd be awfully nice to be able to, to melt metal like butter. And then just undo it when I move out. <laughs> or just leave it for the next guy. Just I don't think that's a good idea in California to like leave electrical that's not up to code. What is it not up to code because you're not a union electrician or something? Well, just no, do it to clean. Get it up to, then I have to like cut into the house. Yeah, you'd have to cut into the house for sure. The breaker is on the outside of the house. I could literally like run. Oh my god! Like, turn just off run the it main. right from the box. <laughs> turn off. No, seriously, turn off the main. There is. There's like okay. It's outside, but it's like in like a oh um carport lean to. No, kind of a lean. No, 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 no. Okay. So there's <laughs> there's a fake wall on the inside of the garage. Not a fake wall, it's a real wall, but there's a It's artificial. Not insulated wall on the inside of the garage that is offset into the garage. And the breaker is next to this and there's like a a wooden door that's like padlocked shut or not padlocked, but like slide locked shut. Um so I could run the run the plug into there, I guess, and it would be like safe to leave, but definitely not up to code. I actually don't think whatever's out there right now is up to code, but I didn't do it. It's not my exactly. house. So I would I would just return it back to the way it was. Not show problem. Exactly. So I'll look into what it would take to do that. I kinda like started looking into it. And if it literally all I have to do is buy a breaker, some wire, and a receptacle, like that would be super friggin' easy and some like flexible conduit that'd be super freaking easy i'm not sure i've ever welded with my machine on 110 maybe like when i first got it but like you don't think you'd make the repair with 110 and it'd be fine just turn her all the way up and just burn her in i don't know i had i tripped the breaker a bunch when i welded just a little eighth inch steel to the knuckles granted the knuckles are thick so i had to run it pretty hot yeah and once I got above a certain level, it was like, oh, you're like, it was like, it, it, it seemed like it wasn't getting enough power. You're you know probably I mean? right. It's probably on a 15 amp circuit and it's using every last bit of it. And there's probably a lot of old wiring that's like super resistive. So it's just not getting quite enough voltage to the welder at those currents. And then, of course, the welder can't like output the right current in voltage either. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I know did what end you mean. up after blowing the breaker a couple times. I was like, I better. Why don't I just try a different circuit? So I plugged it into the outlet that my air compressor is wired to, which has never blown a breaker, even mm-hmm. though it pulls like eighteen amps once you get to the um, the higher pressure, like yeah. once it almost is fully charged. Um, so I was like, and then once I did that, it was a lot better, a lot smoother. So. Um, Right now, if I weld 110, that's what I would weld on. But you're right. I mean, I probably could get... If I ground out... If I was able to grind this this weld out pretty well, I could probably get good enough penetration on 110. Because, like, I think the frame is, like, 3 sixteenths, roughly. I think it's, like... Well, I think it's, like, just under 3 millimeters. So it's, like, between 3 sixteenths... I'm sorry. 3 30 seconds and 1 eighth. Is it four millimeters? I don't remember. It's like not super thick, but so like it can be done in one ten. But I would want it to be like a pretty solid fix, you know. I mean, I know what you mean. Honestly, (laughs) using any machine that's designed to run on one ten or two twenty runs a hundred percent better on two twenty than it does on one ten. And I'll probably put like a gusset just to spread the weld load out on the shock mount too, across the crack. What a Derek thing to do. I'm in there. Like, if I've already ground the metal clean and, like, I got the welder out and set up, like, what's another, like, you know, one or one and a half to two inches for a gusset? <laughs> Just do a little gusset then in the shape of a D for Derek. Oh, that'd be great. But that's so much more work to make. No, he's just so a slow guy. All you do is just take a little round one, just do a little, sh- little slice. <laughs> it's a D all of a sudden. A round? I don't understand. You're just going to make your gusset 
in the shape of a D. It'll be fine. You're going to take whatever your guess it was going to look like, and you're going to do some cutting and some grinding until it looks like a D. Mm, that seems like a lot of work. I'm <laughs> fine. Don't do Sorry, it. Mike. It's fine. Sorry, Mike. I'm not disappointed in you or anything. You're just, you're not mad. You're just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, anything else? And we're about an we're an hour in. Damn. I think we should quote while we're behind. I think we should quote while we're behind too, but less behind than we could be. We could be so much further behind. We certainly could. All right. Um, we better shout out our partners. Um, starting with Complete Off Road at five six three five eight three five three six three. If you need parts for your off road rig, give Chris Willie a call. He may be a guest on a future episode soon. So stay tuned. Do you, are we going to switch off? You do one, I do one. Oh, yeah, I can do one. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> paying enough attention. Let's see. Who else is there? There's Crawler Off-Road. If you need some off-road recovery gear, Crawler Off-Road probably has what you're looking for. Synthetic everything. If you want a steel cable, they're probably not for you. I'm not even sure they can do that kind of thing. But if you want a synthetic can. cable, which is what you want, or a synthetic recovery rope, or basically just anything synthetic at all, crawler off-road. That's right. Actually, I do have more to talk about on the Patreon with respect to recovery stuff, but we'll save that for the Patreon. Oh yeah. If you need to re-fill... Uh, Air up or air down your tires, check out Morflate. They've got all sorts of stuff for you to do that with. They've got air pressure gauges, the actual Morflate tire deflate system that you can air down or up two tires or four tires at one time, which is really nice when you're on the trail. At the end of the day, you just hook your compressor up, you set it and forget it, sort of. Um, They also sell a compressor that's quite the beast, better than anything else on the market, especially in its price range. So you should check them out if you would like to air up or down and be less annoyed with it. (laughs) And, of course, there's Off-Road Anonymous. When you need fabrication parts, but really just when you need a Milwaukee Packout Cup mount. I'm never going to stop mentioning it. I still don't have one. I don't have the cup. I don't have the mount. But every single time that we do the shout-outs, I say to myself, I need all those things. Me too. Mel- the Milwaukee Packout system is nice, and being able to like have it mount to like a steel plate, literally wherever you want, on the roof of your rig, on the side of your pickup bed, on the floor of your pickup bed, underneath your rig. You might not want to do that for other reasons, but you could. Do you have a terrible habit of leaving your drink on the roof of your truck? I know I, I do. do. So what you do is you <laughs> get yourself a Milwaukee Packout cup holder. You set it on the roof, but you lock it in. And you're just driving down the road. Your drink is fine. doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing. Sleet hail doesn't matter. Your drink is fine. You get there. It's it's extra cold and wet. But you know what? Just wipe it off and good to want. go. That's or what you want if you're anyway. drinking hot coffee on a 110 degree day, it'll be It nice just keeps hot it hot for you. It's magical. It's you perfect. mount it on the outside of your rig. Man, why didn't we think of this sooner? Dude, this is a great idea. You don't need a fucking fridge for your overlander. Just get a Milwaukee Packout mount from Offer and Anonymous and a Milwaukee Packout cup. And only wheel when it's cold. And only wheel when it's cold. If you want cold drinks or only wheel when it's hot if you want hot drinks. Man. Which, I don't like to drink hot coffee when it's hot, nor do I like to drink cold drinks when it's cold, but maybe we didn't fully bake it. No, it's totally fine. Okay, that's not (laughs) true at all. When was the last time it's like negative 20 degrees and you say, you know what I could go for is a hot beer? (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Ew, David. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. No matter how cold That's... it is, you want a cold beer. No matter what. You're right what. about that. You're right about that. Just saying. You're right. You're right. I have. There's no flaw in your logic there, Mike. Thank you. I was right at least once on this podcast. All right. With that, do you have any last words? <sighs> I hate that you thought of to say that before me so that I would force <laughs> to have you did? last words. Uh, I have man. one. I have some. You have last words? I feel like you've said this maybe a number of times. Oh. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, make sure that your truck is looked over. Do a bolt check before you go off-roading. 
nobody hates anything more than getting to the off-road trail and immediately breaking because of something that you may have been able to fix before you left. Especially if you're going eight hours away, like I am to Hammers. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, is that I'm... is so true. I uh, I just real quick story that I've probably told before, but I don't remember when. Probably long ago. I used to constantly drive snow day to work. Like I don't know, like once every week or two, just because like why not? Put it on the lift and just kind of poke around under the flashlight. So I was like constantly bolt checking my rig, like more or less just for something to do when we were slow. And one time, one of my transfer case bolts was like two threads engaged on the mount. Mm. Like, I mean, that's a trans mount because there's only three mounts in that thing. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, two threads away from like kind of losing the transmission and it turned out that the the hole was stripped. And so I ended up just using a longer bolt and retapping it and everything's been fine ever since. A lot of Loctite. Um, mm. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that like I could have been on the trail or driving down the road and had like a serious problem. And instead I just went and walked over to farm and fleet threw a new bolt in it and uh, it's been fine ever since nice yeah. yeah i actually it's funny that you mentioned that because when i got my 4080 the one of the uh bolt holes was stripped to shit too and i had to like i, I even tried like um key inserting it and mm-hmm. like re threading it and all kinds of stuff and eventually like there just wasn't enough meat i ended up having to replace that whole like transmission output oh my god transfer case adapter it, which was like 40 bucks, right? It was surprisingly cheap. Yeah, that is surprisingly um, cheap. Probably because GM made like a shit ton and they're like, people will definitely need to replace this and like very few people have ever It's aluminum, right? It. That's the issue. Yeah, it's aluminum. Mm-hmm. So is the so. 80 made the same way as a 400 or whatever that middle piece is? I don't even know what it bolts to. But the bolt could be a through bolt, but at the top it's angled. But if you ground it down, you could just put a nut on the other side. Uh, I think there's a... The 80, I believe is a little bit longer than a 400. And so I think that there's just not enough meat to do that. Oh, okay. Or you wouldn't be able to, like if you had a machine, uh, sorry, a mill, you could probably do it. But there's like two uh, like aluminum gussets yeah. that go down. So like you wouldn't be able to take a grinder and come in without taking those gussets out, which may be fine, but Uh-oh. why would you chance it? No, I totally see what you're saying. So, Regardless, bolt check your shit. Bolt check your shit. And with that, we'll catch you on the trail. We don't even have anything to put at the end of this episode. It just went so smoothly. No, went so smoothly. <laughs> it went so smoothly smooth. because I only drank a beer. <laughs>